Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this week, starting April 19th and through the 25th. And how exciting is this? We are in the change today to the sun's move into Taurus. Today, Mercury moves into Taurus and the Taurus stellium builds, right? Now we have Venus, the sun, at, well, the sun at 1.34 p.m. my time this afternoon and Mercury just a little bit after that. And, uh, and they'll join Uranus, the unexpected, right, in the sign of Taurus. So Hmm. As I look ahead at the week, which is, of course, what I do on Monday, Monday, our purpose is to look ahead at the week and see what it is that we can expect. And uh, I wasn't sure how how to frame what's happening this week, because there seems to be a lot going on um, with planets changing signs, um, Mercury and the sun this morning, and on Friday, Mars changing signs. So change is in the air there. And then uh, Thursday, Venus coming into a conjunction with Uranus, which, as you know, always anything to do with Uranus is going to bring the unexpected. And even with the sun and Mercury moving into Taurus energy, they're bumping into Uranus very soon here and even starting to strike up some of that energy. And it's funny because the first thing I heard this morning was uh, from my son who's traveling from Minneapolis back here to Washington and they hit a freak snowstorm in Montana. And then my daughter just informed me that she and her kids are on COVID quarantine because one of the kids in the extended family uh, has COVID and now they've been exposed to it. Yay, right? So unexpected things already starting in my household and or in my family. So I would imagine that the week might be filled with that. Now, it doesn't mean that the surprises or the unexpected things that happen are all going to be of that kind of style, that unexpected uh, on the negative. It could be something positively unexpected uh, that, that comes as a windfall, perhaps, especially because Venus rules money and she rules relationships. She rules love. So maybe unexpected love or love in unexpected places, maybe money comes coming to you unexpectedly. So interesting week ahead. As well, we have a shift in our human design week, and we'll go into uh, what all of that means for us here in just a bit. Now, yesterday, we had the uh, Sun-Mercury conjunction, and that happened at the 29th degree of Aries. And after that, uh, they'll both move into Taurus today, but it signaled a change in the Mercury cycle. And we sort of alluded to that on Friday, but today we're going to go into that just a bit. Well, talk about the unexpected. I'm sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Suddenly I was going on and on and on in it. My internet thing came up and said, you are not connected to the internet. <laughs> okay. So the unexpected, right? Sometimes you just got to go with the flow. And yep. So Ace is sending me text messages going, I was watching you and then poof. Well, I slipped into another dimension for a moment just so I could get a better read on the energies for the week. Uh, not really. Something happened with the internet. Maybe it just went through an update. I don't know because I wasn't here this weekend. So I didn't do my backups like I normally do. <laughs> oh my God. So hopefully all of you are doing well out there, but that's the kind of unexpected shenanigans that the universe may throw our way this week, right? This week, and maybe even to a little bit next week. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um, so our, our agenda today, if you will, we're going to talk about the moon. The moon is in cancer right now. And later on this afternoon, this evening, actually 5.04 p.m. my time, uh, the void will start. And by tomorrow, 
um, morning, she will be in the sign of Leo. So I know that we all pretty much know what cancer is about. So I'm going to just skim cancer, but I want to go into Leo a little bit because there's something about that Leo energy today that sort of also sets the tone for something happening a little bit later this week. Um, so we have quite a bit of energy running through the system. That's the, that's about the best I can say here. Uh, I'm going to turn over here to YouTube just to make sure I'm on air. There I am. Good morning, Stephanie Wir uh, Worth. Good morning, Jennifer Peachy and Amanda J. Pauline Blenner. Yep, I'm back. Oh my gosh, that's so funny when that happens. The unexpected, right? Sometimes, sometimes, right? I can't believe that happened while I was saying that though, or just after I said that. So it's like the universe confirming that that's our theme for the week, the unexpected, right? Uh, so good morning to everybody as you pop in and I apologize if you were watching me and then I went poof, then I came back. So hopefully you came back with me. Um, so today the moon in Cancer, a water sign. So we have emotions, right? Emotions are in the air and the moon will come into a trine with Neptune and an opposition to Pluto. So Pluto sitting at about 27 degrees of Capricorn, and that means the moon will be at about 27 degrees of Cancer at that point in time. So we have very powerful emotional energy running uh, through the system today, especially. And the trine to Neptune, a trine, 120 degree relationship between the two planets. It indicates sort of a, a smooth flowing of energy between the two of them. And it's almost lazy sort of energy. It's very intuitive. It's very um, much in tune and inspirited energy. So our emotions are actually great indicators today of what our instincts or intuition is trying to get through to us. Sometimes though, in a trine, we get a little bit lazy about that energy and its flow back and forth. So today you may have to listen a little bit closer to hear the voice of instinct or to hear your intuition. So don't forget to slow down a bit today to be able to listen in. And then we have the opposition to Pluto and Pluto and the moon in an opposition. Moon is emotion, right? She's our soul. She's our cyclical timer. So she's timing the time, the, the cycles and the natural rhythms of our day, of our night and of our lives, in fact, right? She's impacting sort of the timing of when things happen in our lives. And Pluto is a transformer, right? He's regenerative. He takes us into the dark side because sometimes you have to work through all those shadow energies before you can really get to the light, right? So we have the moon in an opposition to Pluto. So we might have some very powerful emotional things that we've got to work through, maybe showing up in your relationships and how you um, work with one another in uh, life. So just be aware of that. And of course, cancer, the moon in cancer takes us to family and home and our traditions. And it takes us into that more instinctual and uh, safety and security orientedness. So it's interesting because cancer, very much like Taurus, right? Taurus, we're going to have a lot of focus on that as the day wears on because the sun and Mercury are moving into Taurus. Venus is already in Taurus and Uranus is already in Taurus and the black moon Lilith is already in Taurus. So we have already the earth version of stability and security orientation and foundations that are built to last in Taurus. And then we have cancer, the moon in cancer, kind of beefing up the emotional connection to safety and security, because cancer as a sign is also interested in being safe, in having that security, in having the full pantry, right? In having a bank account with enough money in it to pay the bills and to buy the necessities of life. So we have a lot of energy these first couple of days of this week that are really about security and about how we feel stable or whether we feel stable or not. 
So that can upset our emotions and then that can upset our relationships. Taurus rules our relationships because Venus is the ruler there and the moon is the ruler of cancer. So we have some very powerful energies, at least for today. And I would even say, you know, transitioning into the evening and maybe into early morning, depending on where you are in the world. And then we shift out of the more moon-oriented security energies into Leo energies. Now, Leo, as it now, I don't know why today I just feel like I need to talk about safety and security or stability and that type of thing. Maybe because the week is so unexpectedly changeable, right? And change is the kind of thing that upsets our senses of stability. And um, when we get to Leo, Leo's security is upset through um, not being recognized, let's call it. So you know how in human design, we often say that the throat center is looking to be heard, seen, recognized, and valued, right? And the problem with the throat center when it isn't seen, heard, valued is then we are over-talking or we're trying to catch people's attention. Well, Leo energy, especially with the moon there, is an, takes an emotional toll on us when we feel not seen, not heard. It undermines our confidence. So we move into a different form of the need for security and stability tomorrow or late tonight and into tomorrow when we get to the moon in Leo. Now, Leo is a sign that rules love and romance. So the, the feel-good part of our relationships, right? It is the the uh, the children, right? The energy of children or that childlike enthusiasm also comes through Leo, and dating and the all, all things to do with the the expressions of love and romance. Remember, Leo is the natural ruler of the fifth house in the astrology chart. So the fifth house and Leo have a connection to love and romance, but it is also our creative expression. So for the next couple of days, we may feel creatively energized. And in fact, today's Pleiadian energy takes us into creativity, right? The day is a three day and the three day is about creating. It's where we move out of duality or we take the two sides of duality and we create something new. So today's energy and into tomorrow's energy is highly creative energy. And it's where we get to express enthusiasm for life, for our passions, for whatever it is we love, for our family, for our love interests. And we also have that passionate energy there. So following our heart, living from our passion, living from what we love becomes very important to us. This is a sign of giving love and receiving love, giving love and receiving love, right? The same kind of uh, crazy eight number, right? This is energy that's going out, that's coming back. And it is about generosity and love and bringing joy. It is also a sign that is very loyal. And in here is where we get to some of the interesting energies around uh, Leo and the other energies of Taurus and of Scorpio and of Aquarius, where they're fixed energies, right? So we're going to have a lot of fixed nature in the energies for the next couple of days as well this week. And it is in the fixed energies where we can get stuck or we get rigid in the way in our beliefs or in our actions. And so a week like this comes along to sort of shake up the places where we've been too complacent, maybe, where we've gotten too comfortable, where we haven't uh, shifted, where we might need to make some adjustments and to make some changes in our lives. So the upset in the week, in as far as its uh, changes and the unexpected, is that we have this plan and this plan is taking us in a certain direction. And then voila, one of the kids gets COVID and now you're on quarantine for 14 days. Hmm, right? The unexpected. But looking beneath the unexpected, what is the gift in the unexpected? That's a way to help us look at this. So when, because those signs that the moon is in and that the other planets that are all in Taurus are in are showing us where maybe we've become too stuck, right? So we get this little shakeup.
But there's pleasure and there's celebration in Leo energy as well. Fun and play and games and vacations, taking risks for excitement. Now, here's where I always sound a little bit of a caution. The fifth house is a house where we have to take some risks. We have to step outside of the comfort zone, right? And Leo and Taurus both can get very comfortable in their specific zones and for them to change their mind or to change their beliefs or to change their patterns takes an injection of quite a bit of energy. And we all have those signs somewhere in our charts. So we might find that change this week is coming at a price, right? Where we have to become, we have to step out and take a little bit of a risk. We might have to risk that that new program is going to blow up, or we might have to risk that I'm spending more money than I was comfortable with, but the risk is worth it. So I always say that this is about taking qualified risks, right? Or um, risks that you know you have to take, but without risking your life kind of thing, right? So, so we're going to take careful risks, calculated risks. That's the phrase I like. So there's excitement in taking the risk, but just make sure it's one that where you could stand uh, the surprise of not having what you want from taking the risk. This is a sign also that loves and craves recognition. And we know this about our Leos because they're the kings and the queens of drama, right? They love it when all eyes are on them and when the intention is on them, because then they feel at their best. They're feeling confident. They're feeling benevolent and magnanimous and generous. Those are uh, things that come through that Leo energy. They like that center stage and they're radiant in that particular um, uh, role that they can play. This is also a sign of strength and determination. I believe it is Leo that the tarot deck is referring to when they talk about strength. The strength card is a very Leo card. Some of you out there who uh, do tarot, maybe you can confirm or deny that for us. But I do believe there is a connection between Leo and the strength card because of the leadership potential here, the stamina here in this sign. And I'm checking messages real quick because I'm afraid I'm not online. Uh, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll explain that in just a minute, Pauline. Thank you. That's a great question. Uh, so yeah, I am live apparently because people can hear me. Okay. Um, now in the lower frequency energies in Leo, what we have is pride. We have arrogance, the very far negative narcissism, and maybe even bossiness and a tendency to extravagance, right? Being overly generous. It's kind of like uh, Jupiter, when Jupiter's getting overly generous, <laughs> there's this proportion that one must keep in mind. So watch for those more negative energies. And in the body, the body may, the, the correlation between Leo to the body is about the heart, right? The heart and inflammation in the body or exhaustion and the spine, right? The back and the spine. So if your body is, is sending you signals from your, from pain or something in your, in your back or in your spine or feeling anxious, like heart flutters or things like that, check what's happening in Leo in your chart, because that's what the correlation is. Now, it doesn't mean that because you have a planet moving through Leo that you're going to have heart problems, okay? There's no one-to-one -one relationship. They're correlations, and it's a way for us to tap into our body's very wise, right? It knows when we are out of whack, when we're out of balance, and gives us opportunities to reestablish that balance or that harmony within us. So if you're noticing that, if you're noticing that you're more tired over the next few days, then make sure you build in rest periods, especially for my manifestors, my projectors and reflectors out there. You're the ones that may get overcharged on a week like this. Okay, now Pauline asked a really good question, and I think this is a great time for me to uh, talk about that. She said, um, what is fixed cardinal and mutable categories in astrology? Please explain. So every uh, sign has a mode of operation, let's call it, right? A way that it interacts with the world. So there are fixed signs. Fixed signs are the ones that stay the course, right? They're the ones that get dug in a little bit, but they're known for stability and for being loyal and uh, persevering and enduring. 
And the fixed signs are uh, Taurus and Leo and Aquarius. And I'm missing one Taurus, Leo. Oh, Aquarius, right? Aquarius, Leo, Taurus, Scorpio. Those four signs fit into the fixed category, which means that a quality of the energies pumping through those signs uh, have a, a loyalty or a, a tendency maybe to get stuck or fixed in the way that they approach life. But they also form uh, a structure, right? They, they give us that stability. When you think of Taurus energy, right? It's the builder and they build something solid from the ground up, right? They, they start with the very fabric of the basic, the bottom end, which is can the ground support what I'm growing, right? So making sure that if they're farmers, they're planting good seeds. We could use that as an analogy, planting good seeds that then grow and then they nurture and then they grow bigger. And then they finally come to the point of harvest and then they prepare the ground for the next season. So it is, it's starting in the earth, it's fixed and it has a way of becoming very stable. But of you know, stability can also turn into rigidity or being stuck. Then there are cardinal signs. The cardinal signs are the ones that initiate action. So they're the ones that are sort of the starters, right? The, the ones that like break the, the, the pool game open and they are the initiating signs, but they don't often, it's not that they can't stay the course, right? Uh, obviously they're gonna hopefully have some kind of fixed signs in their chart that help them stay the course. Uh, but our cardinal signs are Libra and uh, Capricorn. And uh, but after that we have Pisces, Aries uh, and, <laughs> I'm missing one, Virgo. No Virgos. Yeah, Virgo. No, 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 no. Oh my gosh. I can't believe my brain is blank. Is blank. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Cardinal, we have uh, Aries, we have uh, oh, Capricorn, we know, and we have Eris. Eris is in. Okay, Janet, what is going on here? Libra and oh, Cancer. So I did, I missed one. So Cancer and Libra and Capricorn and Aries, cardinal signs. They initiate, they start the ball rolling. Then the third kind of sign is mutable. And the mutable signs are the ones that like change. They're very adaptable. Mutable means they sort of go with the flow and that they can uh, sort of you know, roll with the punches, if you will. So there's a, an ability to sort of just go and move with the flow. So those signs are Gemini and Sagittarius and Pisces and Virgo. So we have four signs in each of those qualities or those modes of operation. So it just tells us a little bit about how the sign works and operates. And then if you look at your own little, if you look at your own astrology chart, you're going to see this little grid here. And this little grid, if you look across the top, you'll see cardinal, fixed, and mutable. And then beneath it, the symbols of the planets that happen to fall into those uh, categories for you in your own personal chart. And if you look at this chart, like for instance, right now, it looks like we're a little, um, yeah, we're pretty balanced. Actually, we're a little heavy in air and earth, a little bit lighter in water, but you have, you know, elements, uh, the, all of the, the, the elements are there. So uh, cardinal, fixed and mutable also seem to be even. So we have a balance going on in the energies of the chart right now. And in your own personal chart, you may have something missing, right? Sometimes there's missing something. And it means that you'll have more experiences around trying to utilize that energy. Let's say you have fixed signs missing in your chart. So that means that you might be someone who initiates but never quite gets to completion or you'll be challenged in your life to come to a completion, right? So a lot of the themes in your life might be about how you start and not finish right? Or how you change your mind in the middle of doing something. And you're needing then to become more stable and more predictable in your patterns. And yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Asa. My mind just went blank there for a minute. Like, hmm, 
doesn't, it's not quite ready to work yet. I had too good of a weekend. Um, okay, so I hope that answers your question, Pauline. If you have any other questions about that, let Asa know, she will let me know. Now let's take a look ahead at the week because we have quite the week, as I said, and I need to break it down a little bit. And then I wanna save some time to be able to talk about a question I think that Tom sent to me over the weekend about Mercury. And uh, I think because I'd mentioned on Friday that Mercury was becoming the evening star and he does a little Watusi sort of like Venus where he toggles between an, a morning star and an evening star. So I wanna save some time to get to that discussion. But let's look ahead at the week because it's kind of a doozy, right? Where last week was a little bit, you know, fun and lighter. This week has a little bit more crazy attached to it. So today, of course, we have the sun and Mercury moving into Taurus. And I think later on, Asa is going to have those um, graphics up for us to, to see more about what that means. But think about this. Think about the qualities of Taurus, right? The practical, the down to earth the relationship, the sensuality of it. And you get an idea now of where our attention turns with both the sun's energy and Mercury's energy. So maybe we're speaking in more loving tones or maybe we're more uh, uh, descriptive in the way that we speak with one another. Um, we can also come right up against the conversations that we have where we can't seem to get past a certain theme. Um, where our own thoughts or our own um, mind is caught up in a loop, right, or a negative spin. So we have the opportunity to make change during this period of time that's more deliberate because everything in Taurus is more deliberate. It comes from the need. It comes from the must move or die kind of energies, right? Not that literally, but there's a sense in Taurus that there needs to be a really good reason to move forward and to change where in other signs like Gemini air signs, you know, they're more willing to change. The fixed signs are going to be less willing to make the changes, but they will if indeed the need arises. So we'll be looking at that in our own lives for the next couple of uh, several weeks, three weeks for uh, Mercury and four, four and a half weeks with uh, the sun. Now on Tuesday, tomorrow, the moon is in Leo and that's where we start that Leo energy. So we wake up in the morning with the moon in Leo and in Leo, now we have squares happening. Remember last year, it was the squares that happened from Capricorn, Aries, Cancer, and um, what was the other one? Libra. And now we have squares from the moon in Leo to the sun, Mercury, Venus, Uranus in Taurus. So we have square energy now. So we may be challenged in our moon cycle. Now the square to the moon tells you, or the, the moon to the sun tells you that there is, we're coming to the crisis of action point, right? We've come one week from the new moon, one week post new moon, and we come to the first challenge in the cycle of the sun and the moon, which is we set an intention uh, with the new moon. And now we come to the first crisis point, which is in something maybe impeding our progress. There's a rock in the road and I can't go forward right now. What do I do? Do I have to go around? Do I have to go over? Do I have to go under? Do I have to just stop and wait? So we meet up with that first block to setting to um, uh, accomplishing what we set out to do with the new moon. So a week ago, so that'll be tomorrow, but also that square extends to Mercury and Venus and Uranus. So you can see tomorrow might be a bit of a day where we are coming up and bumping into all kinds of obstacles on our path. The cool thing about squares though, is that they generate a lot of energy for us to move. There's a lot of creative energy in that, that coming together of a square where we might have to be creative and think outside of the box, right? We have to, to create a different way perhaps than what we thought we would have to. So if we're willing to not get frustrated and angry and upset about being blocked, then what we can see is that there's a lot of creative potential in the energy tomorrow for us to do something in a different way. So that, that's good. Uh, as well, the moon and Leo will come into an opposition with Saturn, 
moon opposing Saturn can sometimes be a little bit of a dip in the energy, the feeling energy where we may feel a little more lethargic or melancholic. And maybe that's because we realize that the plans that we set have to be changed. And that may make us feel a little emotionally low. But again, the moon, it's moving quickly. So maybe a couple of hours where you have that. And maybe you don't have that at all. So just being open to allowing this energy to flow, it will again reestablish. Wednesday is a quiet day, not much going on there. Thursday, Earth Day. Earth Day, I love Earth Day. Uh, our focus gets to be on the Earth and how she sustains us and what are we doing to help her become sustainable? What are, what are we needing to take in ter terms of action on our own part to participate in um, making the earth and everything, her bounty more sustainable for everyone, right? Not being greedy about it, not using up the resources, um, managing, right? Sustainability, all of those kinds of things. Um, as well, on Thursday, Venus comes into the conjunction with Uranus. So there may be some surprises again, right? All week long, we're kind of sitting in that kind of energy, but that's the, the day that Venus comes into that conjunction. Mercury and the sun are going to come into that conjunction as well. Um, it's just going to be not uh, this week. It'll happen uh, next week. Now, on uh, the 23rd, oh, the new human design week also begins on Thursday. And here's another little indication of some difficult energy, perhaps for some people, uh, the sun will be moving into the gate 27, which is a gate of becoming accountable for the, for nurturing, nurturing of self and others, right? Being able to uphold the tribe or your family by nurturing through nurturing, but being accountable to one another, right? So there's accountability here in the gate 27 that the sun will be sitting at. The earth will be at the gate 28. There's always the challenge, right? That we're in a gate that sits on the spleen. So we're dealing with fear energy and or a paralysis point perhaps that we're looking into again as we move through the rest of this week. And the gate 28 called in quantum human design uh, the gate of adventure, but it can also be a gate, if you look in the gene keys, that lowest energy is of purposelessness, right, where we're feeling lost or we're feeling like there's no reason for life and there's no reason for doing what we're doing or being who we're being. So we may be grappling with that as we transition into that new human design week. And on the 23rd, Friday, happy birthday to Debbie Tippett's two meal that day, JLo that day. And I know there are others of you who have uh, April 23rd as your birthdays. I just don't remember who you are right now, uh, but it's a big day birthday wise. And it's a big day astrologically as the nodes will shift, right? The nodes that show us the trajectory, our life path trajectory, our collective trajectory is shifting. Um, they've been in the gates 35 and uh, 26 and 35 and five, excuse me. And now they're shifting again. They'll be shifting into the gates 16 and nine and the North node being in the gate 16 of enthusiasm. Didn't you hear me say enthusiasm with Leo moon? So we're getting prepared to greet life with enthusiasm, with open heartedness, right? That's that open up the chest and lead with the heart, right? Becoming more heart centered. But the south node where we've been is in sort of a, a, a gate nine. Gate nine is sort of, it's called the gate of focus, but is it focus or is it lack of focus? Or is it focus on the wrong direction? Or is it focused on a new direction, right? So we're, we're having to deal with what direction are we focused in and where are we planting our enthusiasm, right? So finding our way into the new via our enthusiasm. Now the 16, it sits on the throat center. So the throat center energy is about manifesting. So we're manifesting because of our enthusiasm or not, right? Or we're manifesting based on what it is that we are focusing on. That's the other thing to remember is that if you're focusing in the negative, if you're focusing on the what I can't have or what I can't do or what isn't happening for me, then you're going to get more of that. But if you're enthusiastically focused on hmm, what more is possible, or I wonder what this change is going to bring, or 
the, you know, the more positive expression of those energies, then you are going to see the, the change in and uh, an more enthusiastic or positive direction. And as well that day, Mars changes signs moving into Cancer. He's been in Gemini for the last six weeks where we've been sharing ideas and inspiration, having a lot of conversations, a lot of talk. Now he slows down as he moves into water. So we've got fire energy, Mars, in water energy, Cancer. And now there comes an, a little bit slowing down of Mars action. And here's where frustration can, can come in. So we have a day of a shift in a planet, very powerful shift, Mars and Cancer, slowing things down in the action center. And yet Cancer as an initiating sign or a cardinal sign, maybe that we are slowing down to be able to connect with the correct next thing for us to start, right? To initiate. So it's not a bad thing necessarily, but you know, lately it's just all been up here in the head. Now we're having to maybe, you know, bring it into the more creative centers, emotional centers to bring it into existence. And then on the 24th, Venus squares Saturn, difficult day for relationships sometimes, as it tends to bring up some of the things that where, where we need some work, right? Where there are some, some holes in the relationship that need to be patched up. On Sunday, Mercury comes into that square with Saturn, as well as a conjunction to Venus, which means that they're very st still very close to the planet Uranus, uh, could be a day for some excitement, maybe saying new, talking new subjects, um, starting something new could be an interesting day. And then the moon this week sits through Cancer, Leo, Virgo, and finally on the weekend in Libra. Hopefully with Venus as the ruler there, uh, calming things down, sweetening the deal, so to speak, and uh, making us feel better in our relationships. But we've got some tension to get through for the next few days before we can get to the end of the weekend's energy. All right, questions. Uh, Asa, how's everybody doing out there? Uh, question from JLo. She woke up with a bit of a migraine and her daughter said she had one for a week. She is a Leo. Anything with that? Um, well, I would say that it's likely the transition because Aries rules the head. So whatever's going on in Aries in the chart. So we still have up until this afternoon, the sun in Aries, and it's at the 29th degree along with Mercury. Actually, Mercury's already moved into Taurus. So it's just the sun right now. And the sun is sitting very close to Aries. So there could be something around that with the, the, the 29th degree is often a difficult degree because it's karmically linked. Um, there may be a sense that um, she's been working too hard, uh, eyes focused on something. It's hard to say without looking at her chart, look at the house that Aries is in for both of you and um, see what other planets might be there by birth and how are they, you know, in there. There's Chiron also going through Aries. So it could be something to do with Chiron. And remember, Aries is a sign of initiating. It is a cardinal sign of beginnings, new beginnings. And Maybe there's some difficulty there trying to get traction and moving in a correct direction. Maybe there's frustration and anger under the surface. That would be not unexpected with Mars energy. So maybe there's something there as well. Hopefully that helps. And the best way to deal with that energy really is to go into the quiet spaces to, um, you know, self pamper. Maybe there's a need for more sleep or more rest. Um, being quiet, right? Maybe forcing you into the more quiet zone, especially if you're someone that keeps going and going and going, and this slows you down, right? So take a look at what's, what are you being slowed down to work with? Okay. Yeah. So not necessarily Leo, but Aries more likely is the cause there. All right. So I, today remember is three being energy, which is the energy of creation in the three. Being energy starts the first of the 20 day signs again. And that is Imish in the Mayan calendar. It is the crocodile or the alligator, the, the, the cosmic 
nurturer, right? This is really nurturing energy. It's birthing something, taking care of the young, taking care of the new, right? Nurturing those new ideas, but not smothering, right? Not smothering because sometimes in Amish or in being energy, we can get into the smothering zone. We don't want to go there. We really want to be in the nurturing part of all of that. And again, this is highly creative energies, both of them being and creating our highly creative energies. So it's a great day for starting um, to really, you know, look into the creative depths of whatever projects you might be in uh, or whatever it is that you're starting in your life. Okay. Uh, going quickly over here just to say hello to people. Uh, Augustina, good morning. Good to see you. And Monique Alexander, good to see you. She said, it's been too long. Grateful to see this one. Good morning, Christine Buckingham. Uh, Jennifer Schreiber, hit the like button. Thank you for that reminder. If you're liking the video, please hit the thumbs up. If you are someone new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button. And you can even hit the little bell if you want to be notified when I come on live. And uh, JLo says, my Chiron is there and I believe my Eris is there also. Ah, so I will look at hers and maybe I took up some of hers since she called me. She is deaf mute. Oh, maybe. So maybe now that's interesting because the ears are also on the head, which is also a part of the uh, Aries energy. So in interesting, right? Interesting, interesting. So hopefully you both get into peacefulness and can move through this without too much trouble. Good morning, Ursula. Good morning, Kathleen Mallory. Good morning, Ingrid. It's great to see you. And uh, Pauline, what is, oh, we did that. Okay, good. So I, I'm, I think I've got all the questions that might've been asked if there are any more. Uh, yes, Pauline, I will do that toward the end of the show. We're getting toward the end. Oh my God, where's the time gone? Okay, so let's quickly go dive in for a second. I'm going to show you a graphic of the Mercury cycle. Now, one of the things that, you know, we think about with planets, I'm really getting into this. I mean, I found myself at Phoenix Rising Bookstore yesterday in Port Townsend. It's a metaphysical bookstore, well known around this area. It's beautiful there and I love it. And I rarely get to go over there because it's a ferry ride away and a ferry in a direction where I don't have family, but because Terry and I were going away for the weekend, we were able to go there. And I found myself keying into all astrology books that had anything to do with cycles, mythology, cycles that repeat themselves in our myths, cycles of the planets and how they move through and define the times that we're in, right? The cycle of Saturn and Jupiter, how they went, were in that conjunction and that set the, the new cycle for the next 200 years of air signs, but also the first time in 800 years that things had happened like that, where Jupiter and Saturn were coming together in air. So great things happen in these cycles, and it's how we can tap into repeating patterns in our lives. And repeating patterns don't exactly happen the same way, but you can sort of you can get a read or a clue as to what the themes might be. So I found myself find I found a Dane Rudyard book in the bookstore on astrological cycles. I can't wait to get into that one and really read because he's he's so deep, right? <laughs> and then of course I'll munch that down and bring that to you all. But one of the things that I became fascinated with a couple of weeks ago is the Mercury cycle. As Mercury's my ruling planet, it made perfect sense to me, but it was also a class that caught my attention that I, I wanted to go to. And it struck me as so apropos because of my interest in all of these cycles that are coming up. And now I'm going to show, share my screen and show you this Mercury cycle. So Mercury and the sun have a dance, right? Just like all the other planets. Venus has a cycle with the sun. The earth has a cycle with the sun. And all of the, the planets in this solar system have a cycle with the sun. Mercury's cycle is very quick, right? He moves through his entire cycle in about 88 days and then begins a new cycle. And I found the number 88 interesting here too, because it's also the number of astrological degrees between your design and your uh, personality and your human design. And I was like, hmm, interesting. So is Mercury some sort of mediator of the messaging between your soul 
and your life purpose, right? Because the black numbers in the column under personality are really your soul's curriculum or your soul's uh, purpose in being here. And then the red column under the design, which is 88 astrological degrees before you were born, is really about your life purpose. How are you going to fulfill the soul's mission or purpose through the red column? So that that really started me thinking. And so I found this particular graphic and this describes the Mercury cycle. Now, unlike other cycles, Mercury's cycle begins at the inferior conjunction. Now, yesterday's conjunction was called the superior conjunction. That is right here, if you see supcon, right? Right here is the first um, of the, the cycles where he is, he, well, let me not say first, it's the first one we're gonna discuss because it's where we are. But the superior conjunction happens when Mercury is on the far side of the sun and he is invisible to us. Right? We, we can't see him because he's in the glare of the sun, much like Venus was in the glare of the sun and we couldn't see her until she changed out of, moved away from, uh, a bit from the, the sun so that we could see her as the morning star. Well, this signals um, that invisibility where Mercury's going into his evening star phase. So the superior conjunction yesterday is here. But the actual cycle of Mercury begins at the inferior conjunction when inferior meaning between the sun and the earth. Here's the earth over here. So he's between the sun and earth. And right now he's outside of the sun. So we don't see him. And the inferior conjunction begins the cycle. And he's always in retrograde in the inferior conjunction. So then he moves from the inferior conjunction in retrograde all the way through to uh, the uh, elongation where he's at his greatest distance from the earth and sun and then moves into superior conjunction and then the greatest eastern long, uh, elongation and then he moves forward again into um, the inferior conjunction. So we have the different cycles in which Mercury is displaying different energies. And I'm actually building, I'm going to build a course for everybody. This is going to be a one for everybody. So it'll be for the membership as well as the people who've already joined the Astrology Academy uh, so that you can understand this cycle a little bit more because guess what? You are also born somewhere in this cycle. And this cycle then drives how it is and when it is that certain parts of your moving from soul to life purpose are, are revealed to you, right, in different, in different timing. And everybody's timing is going to be a little bit different. For example, I was born with Mercury in retrograde, but it wasn't in the inferior conjunction, it was after the inferior conjunction. So I was born somewhere in this part of the cycle. And that part of the cycle is in the morning star phase, but is also when things are in flux, right? So my life is really about some of the changes that I'm making, the, 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 the new ideas and the, the seeds that are, have been planted at the inferior conjunction and then how I, I, I grow them, right? And I share them, right? So I'm a, a seed sharer, right? I'm sharing the seeds of new ideas, of new concepts. So whatever it is that I get fascinated by is what I usually bring and share with you guys. And that's so perfect to my Mercury placement in my chart. So let's look at the superior conjunction since that's the one that we just went through. And what is that all about? Because now this is also a collective cycle, right? So collectively, this superior conjunction which happened yesterday, happens when Mercury is in direct, is direct motion, not, not retrograde. It marks the halfway cycle, right? The halfway between um, the last, the ending of the last retrograde and the beginning of the next retrograde. And it's like a full moon. So when we're looking at this inferior conjunction is like the new moon, and then we have the greatest elongation. That's like the quarter moon. So challenging at some points. And then we have the superior conjunction, which is like the full moon, right? Where we are, something's revealed or completion or some kind of change occurs. And then we have the next quarter moon 
or Mercury, which is the ending of the cycle and then the next beginning of the cycle. So we can move through a cycle much like we can with the moon. So this is very full moon-like. And it can be a time where our our minds are full. All and I, I've been feeling this, so I bet you guys are too, where our minds are full of new ideas or of information that we've been picking up from uh, the collective. And now it'll be time for us to do something with those ideas, right? We can't just keep holding them in our brains. We have to make room. So we have to start to integrate what it is that's come to us. And then in the same process to let go of the things that have no meaning or that are not meant for us or whose timing isn't yet right for us to act on. So it's sort of mental digestion, I guess you could say, that begins to happen in this part of the cycle for everyone, right, collectively. And then if you happen to have the superior conjunction in your natal chart where Mercury and uh, the sun are very close together, um, then this is also going to be a little bit more magnified for you. And and I know a lot of you are going to ask me, how do you tell where you are? And I don't want to get into that part today because that's going to be a part of the course that we do. But know this, that there is a distinct cycle that goes on with Mercury, just like Venus, just like the sun and earth relationship. Now, this is um, a few days from now. A few days from now, we'll be able to start seeing the seeing Mercury at sunset, right? It's as he moves into the evening. And this will be a time for us to become more objective, to become very selective in what it is that we retain and what it is that we let go. And this is where we are going to start to disseminate the ideas and where we are going to have to question what pieces of the puzzle are worth keeping, right, in our minds, in the patterns in our lives, and what things are going to be worth speaking to. So anyway, so I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that this part here that we are, that we've come through was when Mercury was the day sign or um, a day star. Uh, And now we're in the evening star phase and will be until the inferior conjunction. And then Mercury will then again become the morning star. And again, it goes through that same cycle like Venus does. Now, because Venus is a little further out from the sun, we see her much more readily than we'll see Mercury. Mercury hovers pretty close to the sun most of the time, which is why we don't see him as much or as easily. He's very low to the horizon. So like if you live where, where you know, you have a lot of trees and your, your view of the horizon is blocked, then you may not always be able to see where Mercury is. But if you look low, now toward the setting sun in the next few days, not right today, but in the next few days, you will be able to see Mercury begin to pop out in the evening uh, just after the sun sets. So I hope that helps. I know you probably have a ton of questions. Um, Asa, if people have questions, I might be able to take one or two. And um, and it looks like the picture I just saved from the dream arc that is starting with Richard Rudd and Rosie Aronson. Ah, well, it's a very common picture of the Mercury cycle, right? This picture is everywhere. So it, it, because it's dumbed down, <laughs> I found another couple other ones to show you and because I understood it, but then I was looking at it going, no, there's no way I can try to explain that one. So this one was the best one to be able to explain uh, that energy to you. And of course, we're going to go deeper into that because I like this idea of cycles. I hope you do too. And this, you know, because they, they're predictive, because they repeat, right? They're predictive. So we can sort of say, mm, okay, so the last time that Mercury was in a superior conjunction, this happened, right? At the, the integration, I did a mind dump, right? Because now is this time to integrate what's worth keeping and what's worth letting go. And then when we get to the inferior conjunction, we begin the process of seeding new ideas and we're moving through that cycle to the point where we can't take in anymore. And now we have to choose either consciously or unconsciously what we keep and what we let go of, right? Now we'll go through that process for the next several weeks until we get to, I think it's the third week in May, we come to the shadow period of the next retrograde. So we'll know that we're getting ready to start a new cycle uh, in the retrograde. Okay. 
And again, there's so much more about this that I, I just don't want to get everybody too, too confused, but hopefully that clears that dynamic up a little bit for you. All right. So Pauline asked for a card for the collective. So let's do a, let's do a spirit animal from Colette Baron Reed's spirit animal deck. And ooh, a galactic one wanted to come out. Okay. So now we're going to do two. And okay, this will be for the collective, sort of a totem animal to uh, get us going this week, to protect us maybe, to keep us aligned, uh, to keep us in the know. Ooh, this one wants to come out. This is Lizard Spirit. Dream the world into being. Card number 38, which is an 11. So we have a master number here. Lizard Spirit. Pretty card. I don't think, I'm not sure if we've ever pulled this one. Dream the world into being. So let's see what that means for us. 38. So, and it was right side up. And it says, when, when was the last time you basked in the sun and allowed yourself to daydream, to imagine what might be and who you might become? Lizard spirit appears when you are called to let your imagination flow and dream something new. Inspiration is available to you now if you are willing to slow down and let your eyes close a little, allowing ideas to dance in your head. What might come into being if you were to pursue your dream? How might you grow and expand if you allow yourself to dare to believe in the impossible, making it possible first in your dreaming mind and then in the world as you co-create with spirit? Give in to the power of imagination and soon your dream will become clearer. The steps will reveal themselves and what was ephemeral will begin to coalesce into form. Dream it and be it. Spirit asks you to dare to dream big. Lizard spirit. Lovely, lovely. All right. Uh, and let's get a galactic heritage card. And this comes from the deck by Alyssa Royal Holt, right? Galactic Heritage Cards and the little guidebook. And these are the cards of our galactic brothers and sisters from different star systems. And we get pretty deep meanings when these cards are in our awareness. And we get, interesting, card 27, Alienness, non-humanoid parallel universe. Number 27, alienness. Say that 10 times fast. Let's see what that card means. I know we've never pulled that one. I don't even think I've done a reading for myself with that one. And non-humanoid. Hmm. Okay. The energy of this card refers to the sense of alienness that many humans have that keeps them from feeling connected to life on planet earth. Ah, transformation energy in your human design or uh, the individual circuitry. Uh, many feel strange in their own skin as if they came from somewhere else. You may indeed have a connection to non-human beings in the universe, but because you are human in this life, this card asks you to begin embracing your uniqueness and celebrate it rather than fear it or be ashamed of it. If you need help, ask some loving non-human beings to assist you during meditation. Feel their alienness and open your heart to them anyway. You and they are one. This is one of the deck's few archetypal cards that does not necessarily point to a specific species, but rather a state of consciousness that is affecting you now. In terms of our galactic family, it may symbolize a connection to any number of non-humanoid races with whom you have many connections. You may already know who they are. If you don't know, it isn't so important that you do. There are a myriad of non-human species in creation. The main idea is to examine any feelings of alienness that you may have of not belonging or of being different. Often this feeling keeps us disconnected from life or gives us excuses to not engage in this reality. Is there someone in your life who seems alien or different and you are having trouble embracing him or her? How can you engage yourself more in life on earth? How can you integrate feelings of being different with being part of a global or galactic community? 
Ultimately, our journey is about integration, and that means embracing all of our parts, even those that seem alien to us. It's a good reminder, right? So that's our galactic card, uh, alienness, non-humanoid. So interesting, interesting, interesting. Lots of thoughts flipping through my mind on that one. Um, all right, a couple of announcements on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific now, because Australia has changed their time zone or their time and or clocks. We've changed ours. And now uh, uh, Annette and I will be coming together at 5 p.m. on Wednesday this week. Uh, that's Pacific time, so 8 p.m. East Coast time. And this week, we're going to take a peek ahead at next month's eclipses, and uh, or it'll be May and into June, and talk about what we can expect with that and how to prepare for that. And again, that'll be at 5 p.m. on the Angel Heart Radio Facebook page. And then I will be here with you again on Friday morning. Take care, everybody, and have a wonderful day. Make it a good day.